So I'm sitting naked next to this guy. We're in the Russian bathhouse. It's my first time in a Russian bathhouse. I didn't know what to expect, but I was trying to go roll with the punches, trying to be cool about it. So I'm, uh, I'm sitting next to this guy on the wooden bench of the bathhouse, and we're just chatting. And I'm thinking, this isn't so bad. It's, you know, just a normal sauna with another dude naked. And then he stands up, and he stands in front of me, totally naked, and he says, David, I am going to beat myself now. Fifteen years ago, we spent a year together in Russia, and it has stuck with us ever since. Russia became a permanent part of who we are. Through the good and the bad, we found the motherland to be a place like no other. Consider this podcast our love letter to Russia. I'm Grant. And I'm David. And this is To Russia With Love. myself now. Dave, uh, maybe maybe you should go back a little bit further and explain how you got into that situation. That is a good idea, Grant, because people might take that story the wrong way. The way I ended up in the banya, in the bathhouse, uh, the people from the church invited me to go. It was a really special invitation. And uh, they told me, have you, David, have you ever been in banya before? And I didn't even know what banya meant. I uh, I, th- I heard baño. I thought, yeah, I've been I've been in a bathroom before. So they had to explain to me that this is a bathhouse. It's like a sauna. It's this uh, little wooden building with a stove attached to it, and it heats up the whole building. And you sit in there and you sweat, and you sweat out all your body's impurities, and then eventually you bathe when you're in there. So you remember we all went together on this trip to Russia, but I was the first one to go inside the banya. Yeah, you were the first out of all all of us. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was I was the the pioneer into the banya. And so they told me before I went in, they said, "Now, you know, you you got to be naked in the banya." And uh, you know, as Americans, we're not super used to nakedity around each other. And so I just I was when in Rome, I was going with the cultural norm, so so I said, "Okay, I'll be naked in the banya." And I wasn't sure what we were going to do in there. So we go to the banya. It's at this woman's house from the church, Tonya. And she had her own private uh, banya, which a lot of people do in Russia. When they have their own home, they'll have a banya out back, like the little bathhouse, and it has its own stove and chimney. Mm. So we, we got to her house. Yeah. Uh, we walked through her garden in the backyard, and, and I see the smoke coming out of the chimney of this little wooden building. It's really picturesque, really old-fashioned. And uh, so there's a little antechamber to the banya. So you go in there and there are some benches. You take your clothes off and fold them and set them down. And I went in and it's just me and this guy, Denise, this uh, church singer. The, you know, the, He played guitar, uh, you remember, during some of the church events we did. So I go in there and, and it was totally normal. It, just two dudes hanging out naked. And it was really normal until he stands up and he says, I'm going to beat myself now. Yeah, that would freak me out. I was I was ready to, to hightail it out of there. I was like, dude, you do whatever you got to do. I'm, I'm out of here, man. I'm not going to share in this experience anymore. So it turns out that was totally innocent too. What he meant by that is part of the tradition in the banya, which you and I both know by now, is when you're in there, after you've gone in and out a couple times and you've sweated, you got your pores open, then you take this this bunch of birch branches, 
and they've been soaking in a tub of water and you take the branches and you beat your body with the branches and that opens up your pores, it increases circulation, it, it's supposed to cleanse your whole body. And so you do that to get a better cleanse in the banya. And uh, you and I, now, by now we know exactly how that works. Well, we've, we've uh, since then we've beat each other many <laughs> times in a banya. <laughs> And, uh, and it's surprising because you think of that and even that, like if he would have said, now I'm going to beat you, (laughs) you know, that could have, that could have been a little bit freaky and it, and it sounds freaky when you're hearing that, but, but getting beat in the banya is one of the most amazing experiences. Oh, right. Oh, it's so cool. And like that first time, once he pulled the branches out and started hitting himself with them, I... You know, I breathed this sigh of relief because I was like, okay, this is the kind of beating he's talking about. And then he offered to beat me. And I said, yeah, what the hell? Let's do it. And so I, he had me lay down on the bench um, first on, I think I was on my stomach at first. And then you flip over and, and you lay down and the other guy uses the branches and like, you know, hits your body up and down with them. There's this whole ritual to it. But it, this is like a normal way that you use the bathhouse. It's you, you hang out there with other dudes and they take the branches and they, they brush your body with them and that kind of gets the circulation going. Well, yeah, there, there are therapeutic reasons why you do this, but let's, uh, let's, let's explain what were we doing there in Russia? Yeah, we, we need to back up and explain to everybody how we went to Russia this first time. So this is, this is the summer of 2002 we're talking about. And so you mm-hmm. and I, uh, we went to Russia with this bigger group of people. It was a church trip. So we were there on a church trip uh, representing this church from California. And we had gone uh, through this agreement between the church in California and uh, conservative Baptist church in Russia. And the church in Russia invited our church to come out and play these rock concerts. And so the idea was to... Our, our youth pastor went out there beforehand and made these connections with them. And they were excited to get... Uh, some kind of youth event, right? And the and they invite they, like you said they invited us to come out and play these rock concerts, um, do a little bit of a, a tour. The, this is this the part of Russia that we were in is in a an area called the Saratov region, right. uh, with the city of Saratov kind of as the capital of this county area, and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's a big city. There's over a million people there. But, you know, it's not the type of city that gets on the um, in the rock music tour concert circuits, right. especially <laughs> um, for foreign groups like some a group from the States, from some country halfway around the world. It's not a place they usually hit. Yeah. So we so we put together a set with just some popular uh, American, British, English type uh, rock music uh, from from that time period, you know, early 2000s, and the 90s kind of rock, and went out there to do these concerts to see if we could get these churches to connect with their community. Right. Yeah, the churches, they wanted to connect to the youth in their area more. Uh, I think they wanted to build up their youth groups and their youth programs. So they had this idea to have these rock concerts to, to attract youth and then use those as like a, a stepping stone to talking to the young people who would come to the concerts and talking to them about life and spirituality and, and religion. And so they invited us to be part of that. 
So we went out with this whole group from, from that California church. And Grant, you obviously, you were the singer of the group. I uh, was not. I was just helping out all around the edges of it. I wasn't playing in the group. <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were one of our roadies. Yeah, I was the roadie. As we liked to, to call you. But we, but while we were there, whether we were on stage or not, we were meeting people. We were connecting uh, with these people from a totally different culture, from a foreign culture of ours, and it was just kind of intriguing. And we found out about this banya. Uh, a few people asked us as we were up there, "Have you ever tried the Russian banya?" And we're like, "What? Uh, no, I don't even think I know what that means." And the easiest way that they explained it was that it's like a sauna. And we kind of know what that kind of means. And so we were excited to check it out. And so you went first and had that experience where Dennis decided to beat himself in front of you. And then he beat me. Yeah, I went into it. I, well, they told me sauna. And so you think of a sauna and you think of like a, a health club, like a spa or something that you pay a lot of money to go to, like something very upper middle class. But uh, the banya... It was like a very working class thing, I discovered. I mean, this Tonya's house was um, just a really unassuming house, uh, you know, not not especially rich people, uh, really simple house and simple backyard, little garden, and the banyas in the back. And uh, so I went, I did the whole experience, and I came out, man, I felt cleaner than I had been in years. I felt like I had taken 50 baths all at once. It's funny that we we came to Russia to hopefully connect people with a, maybe a spiritual experience, and you had in some way a spiritual experience in the banya, and you came out and decided to convert myself and our other friends, Murph, into checking it out as oh, well. Oh, totally. I was an evangelist for the banya when I came out. It, I was like one of those new converts to a new religion and they just won't shut up about it afterwards, and they're telling everybody about it. So when I saw you and Murph the next well, day, I was like, guys, you've got to try this. Speaking of not shutting up about it, what, Dave, tell me a little bit about the history of the banya. Yeah, so the banya goes way back into Russian culture, and I've uh, I've studied up on all this a lot uh, since that first trip to Russia. And it's really, uh, you mentioned spiritual experience, and and that's not an exaggeration. It, uh, it's much more than a sauna, not only because it's not at a health club, because it's at a person's private home, but, uh, but it's this ancient, really spiritual tradition. It's, it has all these medicinal benefits, and there are authors in Russia who've written whole books about the you know, doctors who've written about the medicinal benefits of the banya. Yeah. But, it's, uh, but more than that, yeah. it's, it is this spiritual tradition that goes way back to even pre-Christian times before Russia was ever uh, Orthodox Christian, uh, back in the, the old pagan days, the banya was, it was a place for cleansing, cleansing your body, but it was for cleansing your soul too. And there are all these legends about it being yeah. this connecting point between this world and the other world, like between this world and the beyond and the, the spirit world. There's even a legend about this creature that uh, they used to say lived in the banya. It was called the banik. And he was like a little gnome, like this spirit. And he was kind of mischievous. Like sometimes he would help people out and he would give you money. But sometimes he would play tricks on you and he'd throw hot water on you when you weren't looking. Or he might even disguise himself mm. as like your loved one, your your relative. And you think it's your buddy Grant who's going to beat you in the banya. And then it turns out it's the bunny. It's this little gnome that's playing tricks on you. 
But the reason the Banik mm. is in there is because it was like this portal between this world and the other world. And it was this like transcendental experience of going in and centering yourself, purifying yourself. And, and you experience this when, you, when you're in a place like that, where it's this extremely hot heat, uh, these temperatures extremely high. You can only be in there for a few minutes at a time when it gets really hot. Like it'll get beyond 100 degrees Celsius, which is like beyond boiling. And uh, when, when, it's... when we when we think of saunas, uh, oftentimes people think of like a Swedish spa or a Finnish sauna. And I was looking up, you know, what's the difference between that and the Russian banya? Uh, one of the main differences is the beating part. Um, but the other main difference is the heat. It's right. a, a higher heat and a very uh, like it can be a very humid heat or you can have a very dry heat depending on where you're throwing the, the water and if it steams up. But, um, but that heat is so intense and it definitely, it just does something to your body. Oh, and your mind too. Like you experience it after a couple of minutes, you realize like you can't think about any of the, the stuff that occupies our mind in the day to day, all of that, that background noise in your head when you submit yourself to that level of heat, after a couple of minutes, you you forget about all of it, and you're like you're focused yeah. on staying alive, <laughs> like like let me just get the next breath in and not die right now. And what it does is it forces you into this meditative state of mind where you're only thinking about this present moment. Yeah, you become very aware of your body, very aware of the surroundings, just very aware of existence. <laughs> right, and it's interesting that that. That's the place that it has occupied in Russia's history because it's really similar to traditions uh, in other parts of the world. Like here in the Americas, you've heard a lot about the sweat lodges that the different uh, native cultures of North America had. The, I think the Lakota have had a sweat lodge, a lot of other native peoples. Um, in Mexico and Central America, there's a tradition that's called the Temascal. Mm. And it's similar too. It's like this low-built building that you get steamed up and people go in. And it symbolizes like entering the womb of Mother Earth and it's this sacred place yeah. and then you come out and you're reborn again. And like that's really how Russians used to use the banya and and still do to to some extent. And and not only that, but not only is it a very like sacred and spiritual place, but it's also a very um cultural and social place oh, totally. in some of my uh studying about the banya i i didn't get as far back in time as you have but during uh communist uh the soviet union times um the banya was a place uh that really was kind of an equalizer right. for people uh you go in there and as you said you go in and you're nude you're naked you don't have uh anything uh, showing off any type of status, it equalizes the people, but it's also a, was a place where people would meet, where people would uh, communicate with others in their community. Um, throughout most of history, people didn't have bathrooms and showers in their homes, whether you're whether we're speaking about Russia or anywhere. But the the communal bathhouses, the banya in Russia, was a place where you met and the place where you connected to your community and to those roots that you have in those places. Right. Yeah, and you you even today you totally you experience that when you're in there, and that just like you said, there's there's no barrier between you 
and the other people in there. Like, there's no clothes to show social status. Nobody's wearing their suit or their uniform or anything. And everyone is just taken back to this really primal, basic state of just being people. You're all just a, just mm. a human being, this living body on this earth, and that's all you are in the banya. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, it's funny because that I feel like when I went and experienced that, it was a, it was a moment of connecting with you, connecting with Murph, connecting with uh, our host, Dennis. And um, it really opened my eyes to a different way of culture. And, and that was kind of some of our experience uh, when we first got there in Russia was experiencing culture in a different way. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's this it's this very intimate thing in the most pure kind of intimacy, like really just pure human intimacy of being being normal people with each other. People sit and, and talk and sing songs in the banya. And and I think I think it's fitting that we're talking about the bathhouse, about the banya in this first episode, because that was it was I think it was illustrative of this bigger tendency that that you and I noticed during that first trip to Russia in 2002 of that cultural experience, that opening up and that whole experience of of experiencing this nation in a totally different way and in a very personal, intimate way. You're right. We we came into that trip um, probably as most uh, Westerners, most uh, either people from Europe or or the United States would approach coming to Russia uh, with some preconceived notions, um, and 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 it just totally blew our minds that those first two weeks in 2002 when we were there, uh, just on that short term trip, how different everything was than what we had thought it was. Um, we, I remember having conversations with people about music and, and playing and, and handing my guitar over to someone and these, these guys and gals who, you know, didn't have a guitar themselves were better guitarists than I was. Right. You know, there was a, there was a level of excellence in a lot of areas culturally, um, that just totally changed our perceptions. I know you had a lot of, you had discussions talking about philosophy and culture, you you were you were more into that. I was I was excited about being the rock star, and, and people were excited to, you know, somehow get my autograph or whatever. But um, you fell in love with Russia in a different way. Yeah, I mean, it was funny in a way. All of us had some of that rock star experience, right? Because we were the like we were the first Westerners that a lot of the kids had met during that tour. That's true. Because and that was for all of us. I wasn't playing music or anything, but I was just part of this group. And, uh, and it was like a lot of these kids had never met an American before. A lot of them had never met anyone from like Western Europe or the States or anything. Cause we were, you know, we were in, I think we did one concert in Saratov that first trip. Right. But the others were in the smaller towns in the, uh, Saratov Sky Oblasts in the region. Yeah. Yeah. We did, we, we did a little tour and, uh, maybe there was one in Saratov. We may not have even hit that city. We were mostly across the river, uh, the Volga River, right. between the where the cities of Angles and Saratov were. And we I remember having a, a concert in Angles. Uh, we had a concert uh, in a town called Meat Factory. Right. Yes, come that. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the name. That's the legit very, name of the town. It's just called Meat Factory. The name Factory. of the town? Yes, come that. A very depressing 
name of a town. Yeah. Um, but very small but yeah, town, so, like so, just off the beaten path, nothing touristy there. Foreigners never go there. Yeah. And I think we went to a couple other towns too that were even farther away from Sarata, from the city. And so, like, these yeah. are kids from, you know, more rural places, kind of backwoods towns. And so these kids came up with a lot of curiosity and wanted to talk to us. And so, like, I think that first, maybe the first couple interactions with them, it was like, you know, us being rock stars and, oh, this is cool. I'm this exotic foreigner and people want to talk to me. But then after we get to know people, I think you and I both, we were like, wow, these people are amazing. Just the level of discourse that you have with the people here, talking about, about music, about intellectual stuff, about philosophy. Like for me, I I love talking to the people because they would come up and say, hey, you guys are from a church group, right? But how come you're cool with rock music and you're not judging me for smoking or drinking? And And so we would have these serious conversations about things like faith and philosophy and life. And then they would, they would point out... Uh a um a park that we'd walk by and say that's pushkin the famous russian poet and they would just rattle off poetry it was there was this cultural depth that we uh had not expected and in a way um hadn't experienced it even in our own backyards back in the states um oh i mean i remember somebody was was started declaiming poetry they start reciting verses from pushkin just from memory yeah, and this is like a this is a very normal thing in Russia, for someone to be able to recite entire verses or poems from the the big guys, and so they like we passed that statue of Pushkin, and they they said our friend Murph looked like Pushkin, he had these big sideburns and curly hair. Yeah, and so then they they recite this Pushkin verse, and they're like, and so they're reciting this, and we're all just like, wow, that's amazing. And then they stop and they say, okay, now you guys do some of your poets. And we're like, what? Dude, none of us have memorized uh, Mark Twain or Walt Whitman. <laughs> Maybe we pull, like, we could pull out Dr. Seuss or Shel Silverstein. Right. I was. I think I started to say, uh, there once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't into that. But, but we, that's just we, a normal thing. We found, we found something that we didn't expect to find. And we fell in love with things that we didn't expect to fall in love. Um, I, I remember even just some of our first bites of, of Russian traditional type food and just being blown away. I, I think a little bit that, that night when you, you brought us back to Tanya's house, it was you, me and Murph. And we had just little desserts and a dinner and, um, just those tastes plus the banya plus the intellectual conversations we were having it just everything was a perfect storm inviting us back yeah it it culminated in that last night so this trip how long were we there what a week 10 days do you think yeah maybe maybe 10 days i think including travel to and from the states we had about two weeks yeah yeah so that entire two weeks just every single experience is drawing us more and more into this country and and seeing this this incredible level of intellect and culture and literacy, and I mean every conversation with people after a, a concert, it's it's like a post grad philosophy class. But then I'm like, wait, but these guys are like mechanics and bus drivers we're talking to, and and they're all quoting philosophy and you talking to people about music and this talent, 
And, uh, and so all that euphoria, and it all culminates in that last night that the three of us went back to Tonya's house. I talked to her. I said, hey, can, can Grant and Murph come and experience your banya? And the three of us went in the banya that last night. Yeah. And that, that really sealed the deal for our trajectory, the three of us, to return back to Russia. We, uh, we went there uh, as short-term missionaries for those two weeks, expecting to bring something to them. But uh, we, something was brought to us, and we experienced something while we were out there, and we wanted more. Yeah, I remember after, you know, we went in, in and out of the banya about three or four times. And, you know, I showed you guys how to how to beat yourselves. And, and then we beat each other with the birch branches. And then the, the Tonya's grandma, I think, she made us homemade pelmeni, those boiled dumplings with the meat inside. Oh. oh and that was, I think that was what did it, the, the homemade pelmeni. And we had chai, we had hot cups of black tea. And we're just like sitting around in our towels in the kitchen and we're talking with them. And, and I had, I had learned basic Russian by then. Like I could, I could get by, I could have a simple conversation. And we, we probably need to preface that by saying you are a linguistic genius, a super polyglot, if you will. Well, and so I learning, I wouldn't say that. I mean, you could say it, but I'm I'm not going to say it. Uh, well, I will say that. And so you were able to converse and, and at least in a way connect with, with some of these other people that besides that we could. But yeah, we were we were sitting there and thinking, you know what, this is what it's this is what it's all about. This is why we're here to connect and to to build these relationships and we're leaving tomorrow. Like we've just got started. We're leaving tomorrow. What if yeah. we came back? And that was the the start of our adventure in Russia. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Russia With Love. Click subscribe to never miss an upcoming episode. To stay even more connected, find us on Facebook at TRWL Podcast or Twitter at TRWL Podcast. Or email us anytime at trwlpodcast at gmail.com. To Russia with Love is sponsored by the KGB, the Kremlin, and Vladimir Putin's personal podcast fund. Спасибо за внимание. Please, thank you.